My name is Erin Bross, and this is The Dirt, Confessions of a Tree Planter. Art for this podcast comes from another tree planter, Bethany Davis, as part of her illustration series, Follow the Trees. This is a podcast about tree planting as a reforestation practice in the silviculture industry. Tree planters are a collective of people who spend much of their lives replenishing a logged area with new forest. However, tree planting is so much more than the physical act of planting thousands of seedlings in the ground day after day as a job. It is about the connections, experiences, bonds, and memories that last a lifetime. The dirt is a place to shed light on the culture that is mostly contained within those who have stuck a shovel in the ground. It is meant to dive deep into all things tree planting as a place for those to reminisce, relate, or to learn. So wherever you're coming from, as any tree planter would say, may the planting gods be with you. Hey folks, uh, so I wanted to get this uh, interview out. I actually did this interview way back in the winter, but I feel like it's a good time now uh, that mostly everyone's kind of finishing up. And, um, yeah, I just think that this Instagram account is hilarious and I'm sure everyone will love like relishing in all the memes that Will is going to be putting out now that he's also done planting because there's been a bit of a hiatus from his Instagram as well. Um, yeah, obviously it's hard to do anything when you're tree planting. So, yeah, so my interview today is with, uh, Will Stewart and he runs, uh, or co-runs I guess but mostly himself runs the Instagram account highballer memes um and I actually discovered it uh briefly before meeting him and yeah the memes are just super hilarious so yeah in this interview we talk about that of course we talk about social media and tree planting and sort of the influence that the internet and the social media world have had on tree planting and have had on tree planting camps especially um and then we also talk about planting in the east so will has planted all over canada um but he is crew bossing or was crew bossing this year in ontario and i actually aired an interview from one of his planters earlier this year jeremy young so if you go back to that episode where i talk all about the ontario perspective and even sort of just like getting prepared for the planting season and and um yeah, just what it's like kind of going into your second year. Um, that episode I did with Jeremy. So Jeremy's one of Will's planters. Um, so yeah, we kind of talk about all of that jazz. And yeah, so uh, I've got a link in the show notes to the Instagram account. So definitely go check it out. Go have a laugh. Uh, share it up. And I uh, hope everyone is starting to enjoy summer because it is finally summer here in bc and it is very hot so uh yeah stay tuned uh the next episode we'll have another update after this from fair and uh yeah i've got some more exciting interviews coming for august as well and for all of you who are done the season now and maybe have like videos or recordings or things that you kind of just had like piled up on your phone if you have any thoughts from the block so recordings that you we're doing on the block, even if they're videos or whatever, um, I can convert them just to an audio file. And if you want to share that with me, I can showcase you here on the podcast. So, um, yeah, so you can get at me on the Facebook page. You can message me, email me, all of the things. Um, yeah, I would love to get some more 
submissions from people now that everyone's kind of out of the bush for the most part. So I hope you all enjoy this interview and uh, have a good laugh at some of the memes as you recap on your season. Hey, Will, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, uh, I've been listening to the last couple episodes and uh, excited to talk a little bit tree planting here. So first off, uh, let's just start with a little bit about you. Why don't you tell the listeners who you are? Sure. So uh, I'm Will. I'm uh, born and raised in Ontario, and uh, I've been tree planting for the last five seasons, so my sixth coming up. Uh, outside of skiing, uh, or <laughs> outside of tree planting, I do a lot of skiing. Um, I'm living in Toronto right now, studying, and uh, yeah, that's that's the basics. Um, right on. I do school most of the time, so. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, and so, yeah, you say this is your um, sixth season coming up. Uh, really curious how you got into tree planting. Yeah. So uh, originally, I actually kind of tagged along with uh, a girl I was dating at the time. Um, so she was going up for her second season and about a week before the season started, I contacted the company and was like, you know what, I, things are getting a little bit more serious here. Don't know if I want to, uh, you know, spend that much time apart. So within a week, I got all my gear and tick, plane tickets and everything ready to go and headed up to Thunder Bay. And so just to reiterate, so you've been in the planting game for five seasons and this is your sixth season coming up now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you mentioned to me that you haven't just done all of your planting in Ontario. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit more about where you've planted? Yeah. Um, I've had a pretty nice mix of, uh, of geographical locations. Uh, obviously I started in Thunder Bay, Ontario in my first season. Um, and then in my second season, I went out west, as, as many people do, and was working uh, interior BC. So that was around a 100-mile house. Then in my third season, um, I actually tried to come back to Ontario. And after a three-week contract in Sudbury, they put us on a bus out to Fort McMurray. Um, so I ended up in Alberta for the majority of my third season and then went back there uh, for my fourth season, just was on a really good crew uh, and really was enjoying the planting out there. And then when I uh, decided that I wanted to be a crew boss, um, there was, uh, at the camp I was at in Alberta, they were moving some other management into foreman positions, so it wasn't a spot for me there, but uh, I had kind of made up my mind that I didn't want to plant again. Um, so I found a contract that was hiring and I interviewed and it ended up being uh, back kind of where I started. So made my way back to Thunder Bay for my uh, first season of crew boxing. And I'm heading back there again this year. Uh, it was a really good time. And uh, I really enjoyed the, the people in the camp. So uh, that's gonna be my next season up in Thunder Bay as well. Right on. So how has tree planting changed or impacted your life? It's a really interesting question. Um, like when you sit down and think about that for a while, I mean, I think anybody who spends you know, significant time tree planting 
and it obviously has a pretty pretty big impact on their life but i think you know mainly uh like this really toughens you up um whether it's like mental toughness uh resilience um so there's that aspect uh but i think it also kind of has made me a little bit more um uh, environmentally conscious definitely has fueled my my love for the outdoors um and I enjoy living in a tent a lot more now than I did in my first year. That's for sure. Um, and I think, you know, by far the biggest impact has had on my life is through the connections and uh, relationships that you make when you're, you know, out in the bush for a couple of months with uh, no cell service sometimes. And, you know, you actually really get to know the people who are around you. Um, so I think, yeah, I would say kind of biggest impact is, is definitely just the friends I've made. And so I'm curious as well, because you mentioned that you're in school, um, what you're studying. So I'm studying chiropathy. Now, most of the time when I tell people what I'm studying, they say, what is that? And um, so basically it's uh, the study of feet. So I'm going to be uh, a healthcare practitioner specializing in treatment of any diseases and disorders of the feet. Um, I foresee that being a pretty useful information for me with this upcoming planting season. Uh, we'll have gotten through my first year and learned a lot about uh, a lot of the things that I've been seeing for years in, in tree planting camps, but just couldn't put a name to what it is. Yeah, I can also um, admit that I had no idea what that word meant, so I'm glad you explained it. And as soon as you started explaining what it was, of course, I thought about tree planting because there are so many, uh, you know, feet related, foot related injuries that you can get, um, whether it's, you know, like injuring tendons or bones, but even just, um, you know, like trench, trench fasciitis and trench foot. And yeah, like these very common planting in injuries, um, especially trench foot, because yeah, especially in, you know, places like Ontario, if you're planting in the swamps, like your boots are always wet, your feet are always wet in them. It just like soaks everything in and just keeps it all nice and locked right in there. It's like the, Feels yeah, in the flavor. breeding grounds for that stuff. So did you, like, did you always have an interest in studying that? Did that come through your experiences as a tree planter? Um, no, not particularly. I actually didn't really know about the program. Um, until I applied for it or I kind of found out you know just before applying um, but my previous degree was kinesiology um, that helps a lot with tree planting as well from you know tendonitis uh, and uh, among all sorts of other things um, but no what what really attracted me to chiropathy was just uh, kind of how um, I can work independently as a practitioner uh, have a private clinic uh, and, and perform a wide scope of, of treatment um, and like see my own patient through from the time they walk in off the street until the resolution of whatever whatever issue it is that they've come in for. Yeah, right on. Um, and yeah, I mean, it'll be a huge benefit for you and then hopefully for your crew members and, um, you know, fellow planters in your camp uh, within your company this year. Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully no one has any foot related issues hopefully due to preventative measures from education by you 
Yeah, hopefully I don't have to do too much. I don't want to be, uh, you know, handing out too much antifungal cream and uh, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But yeah. definitely, I think, uh, you know, one of those just things to add to the toolkit. Is there anything, um, you know, that you would say is absolutely paramount just for any planters listening or like potential planters on, you know, the healthier feet when you're planting? Is there is there one really big thing that you would want to stress? Um, I would say probably the biggest thing is keeping uh, your feet like dry, really. Uh, as you mentioned before, you know, if you're, if you're in a swampy contract, uh, bring extra socks, buy like, bring twice as many socks as you think you need, um, change them often and, uh, you know, use foot powders. Uh, gold bond is good. Oh yeah. Gold bond is amazing. Dry, dry your feet out at the end of the day. Um, and sometimes depending on, on the condition, sometimes initially you need to dry your feet out, like right when you get back from work. Uh, but then once they've dried out, sometimes, you know, the skin's actually start to, starting to lose some of its normal moisture. So sometimes you have to dry them out after work. And then before you go to bed for the night, put some moisturizing cream on. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks for that tip. And uh, yeah, I can just again to plug the Gold Bond foot powder because often, you know, you're in a bush camp, it's cold. So you want to just take off your boots and then like put socks and stuff on. And for me, mm -hmm. I would often just you know, slap a bunch of the foot powder on my feet and just throw a pair of socks on right away. But the foot powder helps like absorb all that moisture and dry your feet out. And it's like medicated. So it's got all the goods and um, absolutely. Yeah, that stuff's so yeah, good. Have, having, um, having a second pair of boots, I find is, is really useful too. Uh, you know, if you have a big rain day, boots are soaked, you get a fresh dry pair for the next day. Can go a long way. Yeah. And I've been in the game, uh, long enough now that um basically as soon as my last bag up's done my boots are coming off so i actually bring like gum boots i often wear them to the block and then i'm the kind of person now that's not putting my boots on until i'm at the cash and oh, taking yeah. them off so, right away so <laughs> yeah i was always the same way i put my boots on like right before uh, i get out of the van and i take them off before i get picked up kind of thing yeah yeah Cool. So um, just to go a little bit more into, uh, you know, you as a planter, um, I love to ask everybody these questions, highs and lows to the job, of course, as you know, uh, what is your favorite tree planting memory? Um, I think like right off the top of my head, um, I think to uh, wrap day from last season, um, we were, it was kind of just a mixed up crew uh, of people who wanted to plant it wasn't going to be a full day for the whole camp so some people stayed to uh, tear down and then took a group out to plant and uh, we were kind of on an overflow block we weren't going to finish it but there was um, some burn piles uh, nearby that were kind of split up into a bunch of smaller blocks so I took about four or five planters in the van and we kind of just drove around we'd stop at the side of some uh, at the side of the road where there's some piles we'd all jump out go plant one burn pile, keep the music blasted and uh, then run back, hop in the van and go into the next one. And that was, uh, you know, it just seems like when you, when you, when you talk about it, it seems just like a normal kind of special mission type thing, but it was a lot of fun. Um, we had like pretty fun time just you know, doing the same thing we've been doing for two months. Um, and then once we finished those, we went back to check on the rest of the crew. 
and uh, they were kind of like, there's a few boxes of trees left to go in, so we went in and we were just cattle planting it. And uh, when we all probably had about maybe 100 trees left, it just turned into a torrential downpour. Uh, like a huge thunderstorm, there was thunder and lightning, like it was you know, probably not uh, like the safest conditions to plant in, but you know, by the time we got back out to the road, you're bagged out anyway. Uh, but it was crazy. The road, you know, in the span of like 10, 15 minutes, the roads totally flooded. Uh, we barely got out of the block. And then there was massive tree down on the highway. Um, I think, yeah, it was, it was a really fun day, a fun way to uh, finish off the contract. And I think like in general, uh, some of those like, you know, the biggest kind of uh, shit show days are sometimes what ends up being the best memories uh, later on. When you're, when you're doing it, when you're there, sometimes it sucks a lot, but it turns into a good memory after. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, what is your worst tree planting memory? Yeah, I, and this is funny because I think probably like a really similar situation almost. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't think of anything like too, too bad, but I'd say, you know, definitely a day where I was really upset to be in the situation I was in was um, a few seasons ago, I guess, similar situation. We were planting and a huge thunderstorm, huge like torrential downpour came in. There was lightning striking like in my teeth. Um, and I kind of just didn't know where people were. I didn't know where the, the crew boss was or, or what was going on. And I was just like sitting at the cash, pretty scared. Like, I'd never kind of heard thunder and lightning like that loud, that close to me. Um, I think maybe there was a couple situations, a couple times, once in uh, in BC as well, where there was you know lightning just striking super close, and that uh, you know kind of scared me at, at the time. Yeah, it's funny how uh, you know, like often people have similar stories for their best and worst memories, <laughs> because the worst can almost sometimes be the best, and, and vice versa, and it just. It kind of just depends on the day sometimes even or the circumstances, but um, I think yeah. a lot of the time it, just, it depends on, you know, just how you're looking at your situation when you're there too. Um, yeah. You know, what your, what your state of mind is when the, when the situation is happening. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm curious, you know, you, you mentioned that you're in school right now. Um, so of course, I'm sure planting is a good way to fund that. Um, and I'm not sure how far along you are, but uh, Bit of a loaded question for planters, of course, but how long you potentially plan to tree plant for into the future or if it's kind of open-ended? Well, uh, unfortunately for me, um, next year, so in the second year of my program, uh, I only have August off. We have school right through the summer. So um, if I'm thinking kind of right now, there's, there's a chance that this will be my last season. Um, decide to think about but uh you know i'm also thinking about um you know going back and doing another season once i finish school kind of before i get really too much into uh the career and, and real life starts to happen and all that so for sure one more season uh ideally more than that though have you ever considered trying to work uh like take um this work that you're doing um I can't remember like the technical term for it, but on feet essentially and the study of it, have you ever considered trying to like mold it uh, or mesh it together somehow with, with, uh, with tree planting or silviculture in the future? 
That's really interesting thought. Um, I haven't thought too much of it about it um, in relation to tree planting, but um, it's definitely something that I want to, you know, take into all of the aspects of, of my current life, um, you know, including like skiing um, and sports. So I definitely want to get into like the sports and athletics side of it. Uh, but tree planting is also, you know, a potentially really good market that, that would benefit from. Uh, maybe some foot expertise, maybe some tree planting specific products, um, foot care kind of uh, regimens um, for out in the bush um, is, is definitely a possibility for sure. Right on. Um, so let's get into, you know, it's, it's very interesting um, the path that you've taken with kind of jumping around to different provinces and coming back to Ontario. And, and I can even, you know, attest to that a bit because you know people look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them that I started in BC and then I went and did my second season in Ontario um, and yeah I definitely wanted to to get you on and to talk about this a bit more because of course um, you know a lot of people start in Ontario and then move westward um, you know the prices are higher but the land is harder the specs are different and yeah I really wanted to cover you know, some more of the Ontario perspective and talking to people like yourself who have really chosen Ontario and, and especially yourself because you've chosen Ontario after having gone to BC and gone to Alberta and gone to these other provinces um, that, you know, are quote unquote the promised land by, by a lot of the planting community. And so tell us more about your decision um, to come back and, and plant in the East or work in the East because really you're crew bossing um, and why why you're choosing to stay in Ontario. Yeah, so, I mean, originally I never wanted to leave um, Ontario and it actually, like on a couple uh, occasions, I tried to come back to Ontario and, and things just kind of pushed me out west. Um, so after my first season, the company that I worked for was fantastic. I made, you know, some of my closest friends uh, from tree planting, even now are, are still from my first year. Um, but they, kind of lost some contracts after that year and uh, really cut down their workforce for that next season. Um, and so when that happened, I thought, you know, I've, I'd heard the buzz of BC and like, like everybody does. And um, so I, I thought I'll give it a go, head out west of BC. And um, it was a huge shock going from, from learning to plant in Ontario uh, and then going out to BC and I was having you know, checkers call me on infractions that I'd never even heard of. Um, I struggled, I really struggled to uh, figure out the obstacle planting. Um, wasn't a huge fan of, of some steep hills. There was a lot of flat land as well. I mean, a lot of people always say like, oh, it's all steep in BC, but you know, there's, I had a lot of flat land there as well. Um, but so my second season, I actually did not end up uh, planting through whole season um, there was a, there was a couple factors involved uh, kind of unrelated to the planting um, but I, I really it was I, I kind of struggled with um, you know changing my planting style um, and so I went home and then the next season my third season uh, I tried to come back to Ontario and I had a friend from high school who was running a crew um, in Ontario and I signed on with him 
planning on my whole season being on Ontario. Um, and then that was the season that they actually sent us out west. Uh, they needed help in contracts out there. So I did three weeks in Ontario and then ended up in Fort McMurray. Um, and, you know, that was just a really good crew. Like it was, you know, nice working for uh, one of my oldest friends. Um, and it was just a really good unit. So I stayed for the next year. I stayed uh, with that crew out in Alberta. And then um, when I decided that I was going to leave that crew, um, it just felt natural to go back to uh, where it all kind of started for me up in Thunder Bay. And um, I mean, Alberta, I found, uh, you know, different to, to BC. It, it, Alberta is a lot more similar to Ontario. so. Um, at that point in my career, like transitioning back to Ontario was pretty easy. Um, and I, I just, I had such good memories from my first season, uh, that I was just really, I felt like Thunder Bay was calling me back. Yeah, I can, uh, I can definitely relate to the issues you've said, you know, I know a lot of people, um, who have transitioned over and have. And it kind of depends a bit on the person and, and how quickly you can adjust. But I mean, some bodies, I think, and some people are just more meant for certain styles of planting than others. Because um, I can, yeah, I've heard a lot of stories of people who have, have struggled with the differences in, in the planting style in BC and our, and the specs we have and just how the density, um, you know, is different from the spacing and all, all these, all the, and area planting, you know, all these different kinds yeah. of um, styles. Because I struggled um, a, a little bit at the beginning as well in Ontario, like planting trenches and, and planting prepped land right. because I'd never done that before. So that was actually hard for me. And, and yeah, as being someone now who, um, you know, I find that my body and my, my style of planting for me is really um, the gnarly stuff, this really steep coastal ground um, where you're furting and you have cliffs and giant trees. And like, that's for me what I love. Um, but of course that's different for everybody. And, and so it's kind of cool that you, you have that option to really choose like where you want to go. Um, so I'm curious, uh, what you prefer about planting in Ontario versus, versus the other provinces that you've been in. Absolutely. Um, well, I think the main thing that, that I really noticed when I went to, um, BC and obviously uh, it takes a little bit longer to plant each tree right like you're um, there's a little bit more time you've got a, a slightly lo uh, longer spacing um, a little bit more difficult land maneuver so um, for me what I found was days kind of seemed longer um, and I wasn't able to really slip into that rhythm and kind of just zone out uh, I found um, whereas when you're planting in trenches, in, you know, which is often the vast majority of, of contracts in Ontario, uh, it's really easy to just not pay any attention to what you're doing. You're, you're just in a furrow, uh, you know, listening to music or whatever you may be doing, and before you know it, the day's over. Um, now, that being said, uh, you know, that experience that I had in BC was in my second season, so I wasn't a super experienced planter at the time. Um, and I'm sure that you know people who who plant in BC year after year uh, find the same experiences there. Um, but I think for me, in that in that one season, um, with all the changes in quality specs and density and that stuff, um, I found it like a lot more mentally tiring. Um, and then when I went to Alberta, 
um, the land was a little faster and it's you know not quite what it's like in in Ontario like we didn't have a lot of trenches out there it was mostly still raw stuff um, but it was a little bit more bare a little bit more cleared out and I you know I got better in my in my third and fourth seasons and the days just started to go by so much faster um, so I think maybe partly that that kind of tainted my my perspective on BC um, being that I didn't have maybe enough experience to uh, really thrive there at the time but uh, that's I think the thing that I just really love about Ontario when you get in those furrows you can just put your head down pound in a lot of trees and then you know the, the day's over before you know it and fall asleep on the ride home. <laughs> Do you ever feel like um, you know you would maybe give it a shot again um, in the future or do you kind of feel like no this is my style of planting you know that, that I prefer to do and so you know I'd rather rather stay here and and stick to you know the style I, I know and I'm good at and, and I enjoy doing. Yeah that's something I've actually um, thought quite a bit about and you know, I mentioned before I'm, I'm gonna have to take for sure one year off um, and so Especially when you're your crew boss, when you take that year off, your your crew kind of dissolves or uh, is taken over, and you don't have that continuity anymore. So there wouldn't be, I don't think, much motivation for me to go back as a crew boss um, if I did kind of come back after uh, I finished school. Um, and in that case, I think, yeah, I think it, it would be um, a really good learning experience. It would be, you know, something to. I always like to challenge myself. I mean, that's you know why a lot of people continue to come back so I think it would be really interesting to see how I could do now um, with a lot more experience and a lot more trees planted under my belt because um, yeah I think if I went back to BC um, now I think it would be a lot different. And I'm curious uh, how you feel about the price difference because um, of course the land is quite different and and the prices are quite different and you know there's even a bit of a difference going from Ontario to Alberta um, with the land being being fairly similar so what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah I mean when you look at it on on strictly a provincial uh, basis there's, there is a, a, a gap there um, but I think like what's more kind of uh, relevant is like there's always variation, um, you know, within every any province. I think it's kind of more about getting on a good contract where uh, the price that you're getting is is fair for the land that you're planting. Mm -hmm. um, because you know there's there's that like transition or that kind of back and forth as the price goes up, the land gets more difficult. But you know it's not like there's a set scale for uh, for what land gets what price um, so I mean yeah like to, prices are lower in Ontario so um, you need to have better average land to to get the same earnings um, that being said when I went back to plant in BC in my second season um, I was not actually making as much per day mm -hmm. as I had in the second half of my rookie season uh, so kind of once I got the that steep learning curve out of the way um, but again that could be contributed to uh, you know the new learning curve of the different styles of planting um, but I think it really yeah as I said, comes down to it's a contract to contract basis 
um, I've found pretty much that anywhere that I've planted that uh, it's been fairly similar earnings that I'm taking home at the end of the day, uh, apart from a, a reclamation contract that I've done, uh, which tend to be, in my experience, a lot more profitable. Um, I mean, like we were up in, in Fort McMurray on completely exposed soil uh, with almost no vegetation on it and getting 21 to 23 cents a tree. So, yeah, there's those contracts like that. And, and I don't think it necessarily uh, matters what province you're in, if you can find one of those contracts. Um, but it, it comes down to the different styles of planting as well. I mean, it took me until my fourth season, uh, so my third overall season of planting outside of Ontario, before I beat my, my rookie PB for my rookie season. Um, and that being said, the like the prices have also gone up in Ontario as they're kind of going up everywhere. Um, the prices I think that we're seeing in Ontario this year are you know pretty similar to what uh, prices I saw in Alberta you know two seasons ago. Um, but again, we have a lot more uh, burrowed land uh, this year. Yeah, and so, I'm curious because you really went back to Ontario, you know, as the prices were going up and has that as that shift occurred. So, um, like, how did you feel? Yeah. How did you feel about that happening? And, and did it did it influence you returning to Ontario more or were you already kind of planning to? Um, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, it did. It came into it a little bit. Like, I don't know if I would have come back to Ontario if the prices were still what they were when I started. Um, but when I got out there last season and I got on some of our cup walks, like, you know, the only thing going through my mind was that, you know, for the prices that we were getting this, uh, the one specific walk I can, can remember, it was, you know, 12 and a half cents, um, which for anywhere outside of BC is, you know, decent price. Um, but I, I was just thinking, you know, compared to land I had last season and this land is really really good for that price um i just found there was a lot less slash and uh a lot less vegetation it was a lot more exposed um and so for me I, I i felt like the prices that i saw um on on the blocks that they were assigned to uh were, were really fair uh last season and we've had a slight increase in prices uh as well since last season um so i mean prices overall are, are a couple cents higher than when I planted uh, my first season in Ontario and, and even at those prices it was it was profitable uh, for sure so I mean you have to be prepared or you have to know that you know you're going to be putting a lot more trees in the ground if you want to make really good money in Ontario um, but it, it's really not too difficult to go out there and, and put in you know 3k a day uh, you know, for your average planter in a lot of the land that we're doing. Yeah. And do you feel like, um, you know, working in Ontario that you're able to, yeah, you know, when you're putting in those bigger numbers and you're, you're making good money, um, like, are you able to, is that money able to support you? Like, uh, in your schooling, like, do you, do you feel like, you know, the tree planting yeah. is worth it in terms of like going and making a lot of money, especially in Ontario? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been paying my tuition and rent for the last several years with uh, my tree planting earnings. Um, 
it's been supplemented a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I, uh, this year, uh, my earnings from, from planting were able to cover a full year's rent in Toronto uh, and, and my tuition and uh, the large majority of my uh, spending money. So, um, you know, in a, in a, shorter, a shorter season, but then I did some other bush work kind of for the rest of the summer. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's gotten me through school uh, and, it, and it pays my bills. That's awesome. Um, so let's just move along here. Um, you mentioned to me as well that you run uh, an Instagram account called Highballer Memes. And yeah, I've checked it out. Um, it's hilarious. Um, I'm sure any planter who checks it out um, will be able to relate to most, if not all of the memes, um, if you've spent any time out on the block. Um, so yeah, yeah, tell me a little bit more about that, how it came about. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of just fell into that as well. Uh, it was actually one of the other crew bosses uh, from the Thunder Bay camp last year who started the page in, I think it was in uh, the fall of 2018. And then kind of, uh, it kind of fizzled out. And then when tree posting, uh, which is one of the most popular uh, tree planting memes page, kind of was getting, starting to blow up and I was starting to see it on my Instagram feed. Um, I thought, you know, this is something that is great for the off season. Um, you know, everyone gets a little bit of the, the big city blues in the off season and wants to be back out there. And, um, so I, you know, I always thought I was kind of like a, a funny person. I've always like wanted to, um, have some form of comedic output in my life. And, uh, it just kind of seems fitting to do some tree planting memes. Um, I make the majority of, of the memes for, for Highballer myself. Um, I don't really take like, um, public contributions too much. Um, but I do take, I take, uh, there's a couple people on my crew from last year who sent me their memes and I post them on there as well. But, um, it's really nice to see, you know, when I pull up the insights for, for the post, I can see how many people have DM'd those posts to their friends. Um, and people who've saved it on addition, in addition to seeing you know, just how many likes it's gotten. So it, it's kind of nice to see that, that, you know, other tree planters are, are enjoying this content that I'm putting out and are finding it, you know, either funny or relevant enough to send it to their other, uh, you know, friends that they were tree planting with. And, um, I think it's just, you know, another way to strengthen that sense of community that exists within tree planting. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, have you like, have you had a lot of, of messages or a lot of, of feedback about it? Um, you know, whether that is positive or negative? Um, yeah, because of course, there's a lot of people like sharing the posts and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, reminiscing with other people, which is awesome. Um, so I'm curious, yeah, if you've had like any, any direct feedback or the, the reactions as the page has, has sort of built and has more followers? Um, yeah, I mean, actually, there's there's a number of people who um, you know have either reached out to just like send me a DM or whatever, um, and then a couple people who have ended up actually just you know um, kind of building that like social media relationship with where it's the level where you know have conversations about uh, other things. Um, so I, I, yeah, there's a couple people, uh, you know, a few kind of like online friends that I've made just 
through posting um, on, on there and people, you know, who plant in different areas that I would, would never really probably run into uh, during the tree planting season. So it's kind of just, you know, expanding my horizons, you know, getting to know people from different parts of, of the tree planting world. Um, and yeah, like a, a couple of people will send me, you know, memes that they've made um, or, or reply to the story, um, that kind of thing. Uh, I've, you know, occasionally through the, through the account, we'll just talk to uh, whoever is running some of the other meme accounts as well. Um, there is a women in forestry like page as well that I've been, that at one point we were kind of posting uh, stories with each other's recent posts to promote each other. Um, so yeah, it's been a really cool experience in that, in that sense uh, and kind of getting to know different parts of the industry. Right on. And of course, I mean, we're, we're sitting here chatting on a podcast and, you know, there's lots of um, active Facebook groups out there as well as Instagram accounts, like you mentioned, um, that have to do with tree planting and with our community. How do you feel about the influence that social media is, is having on tree planting and, and sort of vice versa in terms of tree planting influencing, you know, the social media we're, we're using? Yeah, I think it's really healthy for the industry. Um, I mean, you now have a, a platform to get advice, to um, get more information, to get to see reviews of, of companies or um, camps, or maybe even in, in some cases specific foremen. Um, you know, when you see that job posting on King Kong, uh, you know, if it's if it's a good crew boss, there's always so many comments underneath from people they've planted with uh, saying, you know, great, great person. This is a great person to work for. Um, so in that sense, it's kind of made things a little bit more transparent um, where you can kind of get a little bit more information about, you know, where you're specifically going and, and uh, info on maybe your specific co company uh, before you actually get out there. And as someone who actually hasn't tree planted before, um, you know, without that, I don't think most people would know where to look for that information or or even really uh, think about it. Um, so in that sense, I think it's been really, really good uh, for tree planting. It's also uh, kind of gotten a lot more exposure. Um, tree planting is getting a lot more exposure now. Uh, and I think we're kind of seeing that uh, in the tree planting, like when we actually get out there. Um, I think we're getting a little bit of a shift or maybe um, more of like an expanded kind of uh, demographic that we're seeing at the tree planting camps now. Um, so, I mean, all sorts of people that, that maybe wouldn't have been at a tree planting camp before. I mean, um, you know, when you think of a tree planter, you think of your classic, like super hippie uh, tree hugger type stuff. But, uh, you know, there was a, I just a ton of, you know, kids from the city, um, a lot of Toronto people I found last season. Uh, so it seems like it's kind of reaching more, more people and, uh, which is good because we need more tree planters. We can always use more. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, with us, uh, you know, as a collective really being a lot more connected nowadays, um, you know, with our phones and, always being on our phones and, um, you know, always 
having technology around and really being a lot more like addicted to it for lack of a better term. Um, how do you feel about, you know, I've heard of some companies now introducing Wi-Fi into camp because I mean, the reality of the matter is a lot of these bush camps are way up a logging road, um, very far out of service, um, usually uh, quite far from any towns and nearby towns are mm. often like pretty small towns, you know, kind of at the end of the road as it is. So, you know, some of the beauty, of course, that you know of and I know of from tree planting has been has been that disconnection to just really be with other people and be with nature um, and just be out there. So, so how do you feel about the introduction of, of um, yeah, technology and being more connected? Because, you know, as that becomes more of a priority for the younger generations who have grown up without, um, you know, they, they've grown up only with cell phones and, and, and with, with iPhones and Androids and being connected with Instagram and they don't know life before that, like, like some of us maybe do. Um, so yeah, I'm curious your thoughts on if you think that's like a good thing or, or how you feel about that. Uh, so I haven't personally like seen, um, you know, a bush camp that's got Wi-Fi yet. Um, but as you mentioned, like, are a huge advantage or part of the beauty of it is, is that you don't have that internet access or cell phone service. You don't see people sitting around in the mess tent just staring at their phones. But people are actually looking at each other, talking to each other. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't really think I would, I would want to be in a camp that has Wi-Fi. Um, when I was planning up in, in Fort McMurray, we were staying at like the oil riggers, uh, lodges so there was like there was internet there was satellite tv um and it just it really didn't feel like tree planting um it, it felt a lot more just like a normal job where you're just you know getting up and going to work but it didn't it, it kind of took away from that um sense of of like family or the community that you have where you're all uh you know in the bush 300 kilometers away from the nearest city and and people you're going to talk to are the people who are around you. Um, so, I mean, in that sense, I think, yeah, maybe social media and tree planting, like, are, are uh, intertwined now. But I think um, maybe it's better left for the days off uh, when we're actually, you know, in the middle of the season. Because um, I would hate for, you know, that part of tree planting that, that everyone who's tree planted up to this point experienced. Um, so yeah, I think that there's positives and negatives. Uh, another thing that I, I think is maybe somewhat of an issue is a lot of people you know, just see the pictures of the parties that their friends posted. So they, uh, you know, they head up or wherever they're going, you know, expecting to just party in the forest for two or three months. Um, so from that sense of thing, I mean like, you know, any, anybody on social media is only posting, you know, for the most part, um, their greatest memories or like, you know, times when they seemed happy or, or you know, um, that's kind of seems to be what the, most people are posting. So when you're seeing, you know, all the great parts about tree planting and all the really fun parts about tree planting. Um, so, I mean, when I've been doing hiring, I, I make sure that everyone I interview, uh, you know, knows that that's part of it, but that's, that's only a small part of it. Um, and, you know, not, you can't just expect to <laughs> be drinking around a fire for two months. 
Yeah, and I have actually seen um, in a couple of my earlier seasons, I have seen people that have come just for that, who have come just for the lifestyle. And if I'm being completely honest, um, they were shitty planters. Uh, they didn't yeah. put very many trees in the ground. So I'm not even sure why they stayed because they were making no money. And mm. I really don't think it was as glamorous as maybe they, they thought it was or, or that, you know, they were trying to be these like new age hippies. Um, that's really, yeah. you know, I don't, personally, I don't think they were achieving that. And it was really frustrating to work with them on the block when I was out there, yeah. like busting my ass and they'd just be sitting there and, um, you know, maybe plant like a box that day when we're like trying to close a block. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, that is of course the issue across the board with social media and that, you know, the person gets to choose what they want to portray and, yeah, not everybody is really going to want to talk about like the shitty day they had on the block, especially if they spent most of it, you know, screaming or crying or in pain crying, or whatever. Yeah. You want to forget about those days. You often don't want to document them on the internet. Um, so yeah, you, you raise a really important point. And, uh, and yeah, I agree with you on the, on the experiences as well out there because there are so few places now where you, uh, you can kind of go and be off the grid and, and yeah, just, uh, you know, sit with people and not have any technology. And, you know, I've experienced that a bit more, maybe just in some of my other careers. I've actually spent a lot of time off the grid for someone as young as myself. But, but it kind of gives this opportunity, especially any folks coming from the city who uh, have, have never really been at a cell service for an extended period of time. And like, you know, there's this whole other kind of world <laughs> outside your phone and outside technology. And and tree planting provides this this avenue to explore that, um, which otherwise might not be available. So, um, yeah, I think yeah, it's pretty, pretty I, cool. Yeah, I mean, like I often describe um, tree planting uh, in that sense as you know, like a, almost a vacation from from reality, from real life. For a couple of months, you can go and and forget about all the things that you stress out about on in your daily life, and you know, you're just worried about what's for dinner. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I also want to touch on, you know, we've seen more companies um, sort of coming onto social media um, with with Facebook and, and with Instagram as well, even to kind of put their companies out there to help attract planters. Because as we know, you know, in the industry the last few years, um, we've needed more planters than we've had. And that's been a big issue. And, you know, you know, nowadays most marketing is really done over social media i mean of course tree planting is still a lot of word of mouth but but how do you feel about you know companies kind of yeah like advertising on social media and how do you feel about companies having more of a social media presence to help you know yeah describe what their season's going to look like and attract people and and have people you know applying through those those methods um yeah yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I mean, every every other industry, uh, you know, is advertising on Facebook or, or wherever it may be. Um, and yeah, like, if you're on Facebook and you're not a tree planter and, and you maybe don't know about King Kong reforestation, then you know, it's we can't really reach you through that avenue. Um, but having companies promoting uh, advertisements on social media 
uh, is a good way to reach a, a much larger audience. And, and I think, uh, you know, as well, people who didn't really think about it or didn't consider it until that ad popped up in front of them. Um, and I'm thinking of people who, you know, don't have friends who, who, who have done it to tell them all about it um, or kind of didn't really have a way to get their foot in the door. Uh, this is now um, a really great way to attract different types of people, different, uh, yeah, I mean, as we are saying before, and that, you know, maybe it is in part contributing to um, the kind of uninformed expectations that, that are starting to show up a little bit in, in some tree planting camp, camp, but uh, I think, you know, you know as well as I do that uh, there's a lot of uh, empty cup blocks with new trees in them, and especially the way forest fires have been going, uh, the tree planting workforce needs to grow pretty rapidly over the next couple of years. Um, so I think companies should be doing everything they can to attract more planting. All right, and just to wrap up here, um, I like to ask everybody this question. Uh, what is one piece of advice you would give anyone who is considering going tree planting or will be going tree planting for their first time this season? Um, don't get discouraged. Um, I think like I've seen so many times people quitting after one shift or two shifts uh, before you've really even given it your full try, you know, like I was one of the slower learners in my first year. Um, so for the first month I was, yeah, one of the slowest rookies. And uh, by the end of that contract, I was one of the fastest. So everyone learns at different, different speeds. Um, if you're a rookie and you see some of the other rookies planting a lot more trees than you early on, uh, like don't get discouraged. Uh, you'll get there. Like, you know, anybody ha can, can be a good tree planter uh, if they, they persevere and uh, put enough effort in. So yeah, I, uh, I think that's a big one. Don't, don't quit too early. Don't give up, uh, push through. And, and one day you're going to just have that like click moment where, everything just makes sense. And you're like, I don't understand why I've been going so slow for the last four weeks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Will, for, uh, for coming on the show and, and sharing your story. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great season this summer. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Yeah, it's been uh, great. Thank you for having me on. All right. Talk to you later. Yep.